The Business of Cleaning, the podcast that brings cleaning industry expertise straight to your ears. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Business of Cleaning. My name is Haley, and this is going to be our first episode of the year, which is kind of crazy to think of. Welcome back to The Business of Cleaning for 2022. And with me, I have Justin Clark. So I'm going to let Justin introduce himself and dive right in. Especially, I want him to uh, tell us a bit more about that really cool sign behind him. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my name is Justin Clark. Uh, I'm fortunate to get to be the vice president of sales for Kelsan. And we're a distributor of janitorial supplies, packaging products, and equipment. We're based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, however, have offices in the Southeast and serve in a number of different verticals from healthcare to education to manufacturing. And uh, so spent a lot of time in the janitorial world. So how did you get into a position like this? Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. So um, when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I got a degree in exercise science because I like sports and uh, became a, a strength coach and a trainer. And I had a corporate boot camp where I trained um, CEOs in Knoxville, Tennessee. And the CEO of Kelsan was my client for a year. So 14 years ago, I was helping him work out. And then he took a, a chance on me. He says, I asked to come work here. I say he recruited me. But 14 years ago, that's what got me into the janitorial world with disinfectant and trash liners and toilet tissue and been here ever since and been fortunate to uh, work up through the majority of sales positions in the organization to now to be where I'm at. Wow. That's really cool. I mean, I'm glad I asked because you would never think that you would have come from that kind of background and jumped over. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a, it's been a cool transition. I have to say 14 years ago, I did not think I would be dealing with uh, disinfectant and toilet paper for my career, but I found like, I love the people. I love our customers. I love the people I work with and it's not really what you do, but who you do it with. And so I'm really fortunate to get to do with a lot of really good folks. No, I agree. Um, since starting the podcast and getting to know the industry more, it's some of the coolest people you'll ever work with, talk to. People are so open. Um, and I think from the podcast side, I, I pull cool people like you in as guests and you're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I think that's amazing. It's a really cool start and it definitely uh, gives ode to the industry that we managed to nab someone like you. And uh, here we are all these years later. So love it. I do too. Uh, that brings us, well, I mean, I guess I'm going to switch gears and talk about our topic for the evening, which oddly enough is not what people might expect. We're going to be talking about LinkedIn, which you have a huge presence on, uh, and is a great business tool. So I want to ask first, before we get too far into it, your kind of journey coming on to LinkedIn and how Mm -hmm. you got to the point now where, Feel like you're pretty popular on there. Well, it's, it's nice of you to say. Um, it's it's one of those things. It's easy to be popular in a in a small pond. And so what I mean is, LinkedIn is a huge social network. It's, it's, it's gigantic. There's millions of people on it. But in our janitorial space, in, in our industry, from cleaning buildings to the distributors to the manufacturers, there's very few people that utilize it in a way to connect to their customers, their company, and use it as a, a value. So because of that, you might view me as someone that, you know, has this great following in LinkedIn, which, which I appreciate. But what it really is, is there's just not that many folks in our space utilizing the tool 
to be able to grow and develop relationships. So that makes it easier to stand out. So I was a great, great tennis player, I thought. And I, what I found out was I went to a really small school in Indiana and I was really good at it there and then the rest of the world. But that being said, uh, the, the folks in this janitorial space, it is a tool that can absolutely change your business. It can change the culture of your organization. And uh, I get pretty passionate talking about it. No, I'm excited. And that that is why we brought it on. It's not people's first thought when they think about growing their business and strengthening their industry connections, but it's a free tool that's right there in front of you. And it, it's pretty cool. I would say over the last couple of years, it's become... Uh, a platform I really enjoy getting on, connecting with people and everything else. Um, so I guess we'll start at the basics with our conversation just to give people a little setup. For those who have only done the baseline, like just, I know a lot of people, they've created their profile and then they've left it or people who haven't even gotten onto LinkedIn yet. What are some of the big things uh, when you're first building that profile, before you even start reaching out to people and you start talking to people, what do you need to include and do with that profile to to, to kind of get you ready? Well, I guess the first piece of advice I would give is to recognize that the profile you're building, you're a human and people really enjoy connecting to other humans. So what I mean by that is it's a business professional website. So it's about connecting and it's, it, it's not Instagram necessarily or Facebook. However, so many people in our space or in all business space, they overthink what should they put? What shouldn't they put? What should I post? What should I not post? And the, the truth of it is, it's all about being genuine to who you are. And so it's really difficult to say every, every platform or every page should look the same. So my, my first suggestion would be to put a picture of yourself that you feel good about. If you feel good, it needs to be a professional headshot. If it needs to be a glamour shot from the 80s, if it needs to be a selfie that you took, if you want it with your dogs, your kids, something that you feel like it shows who you are. So having a picture and then having a title that might give a little bit of insight into what you do. You know, you might be a procurement manager and that's what you do, but maybe there's a little bit more there that you could add that would draw people in. So having a picture that kind of gives off your personality and then also having that title. So when someone first sees your name, they might consider clicking. you. No, I... I agree. And that's one of the first things we had to, I did business uh, as a major. I did HR specifically as a major in college and all of our business students at the University of Toledo have to make a LinkedIn profile. Um, they use adjectives is what they told us. And I remember like uh, you can spot who's been through the class <laughs> because of how they set up their, their little description right there at the top. And I always tell people, now when I'm talking to them that like, what is, what is your career? What are you driven by with what you do? You know, something quick, it's a snapshot of who they're looking at. Mm -hmm. Adjectives are great, but they're very obscure and very high level. They're not mm -hmm. actually learning anything about you. Most of those adjectives, everybody uses the same ones. Sure. Um, and so like, I think mine might just be like, might just be marketing coordinator right now because I'm very proud of the title. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had like podcast coordinator and host and things like that because it always gets people's attention. Um, so no, it's your it's your first, uh, I guess, greeting before you get to the handshake, isn't it? I have on mine just an execution superhero. So so what does that mean? You know, but I think that strategy is easy and execution is really really hard. 
And so I pride myself on being able to execute a strategy and, and surrounding myself with good folks. And that execution is big. Uh, one of my close friends, he actually has in his title, um, failed TEDx 38 times. He, he's applied to be a TEDx speaker 38 times and failed. And because of that, he puts in this title and there's that little teeny that when you see it, you think, oh, there's something about this that's interesting. Wow. That's cool, though. It makes me think, what goes into applying for those? Yeah. So that, that could be a whole other conversation. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? You, it opens up a conversation before you've sure. even met, right? Yep. All right. So after your that, I guess, that heading bar up at the top, um, when you're starting to look down below, you get into the juice, you get into um, a bigger description, you get into your job history and other things like that, including if you've been active, it'll show your recent activity. So um, what are some things to note for that spot? I always make sure people have something in there, mm -hmm. um, but what's your advice? So I guess it would, my first question would be, you know, who is the target audience that you're wanting to view your LinkedIn. So if someone is in a sales position, it's uh, I've seen a couple different stats on this, but over 50% of the people you do business with or, or considering doing business with you will look up your LinkedIn page. So they'll just take a quick look. So if you are in any type of a sales position or an influence position that you'd like to let someone know what you do, it's as basic initially as, as, as just letting them see, hey, here's what my business is. Here's who I help. Um, here's how long I've been doing it. But then the big piece I would add to it is if you can add anything that's a little personal as well. So, you know, do you like hiking? Are you really into knitting? What is it that you like to do as a person so they can have that small glimpse into, hey, I might connect with this person, but they like this and so do I, or something that brings us together. You know, it, because of the internet, we're more connected than we ever have been, but we also are really far apart in the sense that, uh, um, there's keyboard warriors and people that hide behind screens and you don't actually know who they are. So if you can draw someone in for them to feel like they know you, it puts you at a huge advantage versus anyone else that they would be clicking on. Especially on like this kind of platform where it is more of a business focused platform than a social focused platform like some of the others. Correct. So, all right. So somebody sets up this their profile and they get it really developed out it looks really nice and it is engaging and interesting for somebody who might be clicking through what of course like i guess my question would be do they go out and engage people like find people to network with find people to connect with and um start building those connections or do they start posting first and, and so it's almost a chicken and the egg, but so, so here, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent and this is a, you're going to go to my Ted talk really quickly. The biggest reason people don't post on LinkedIn is because they don't feel like they don't, they don't have something of value that someone would care about. They view themselves in a way that what makes them so good or so great that they would write and anyone would ever care to read. I can tell you every single person, there's something that's special about you. There's something that you're really good at. There's a perspective that you have that will connect to someone. If you've heard the quote um, that if you want to be loved by everyone, sell ice cream, that we, we, we can't, um, how do I say this the right way? When you post something on LinkedIn, there are going to be people that don't connect to it, that don't like it. 
and that might even say something in a negative manner. However, there are so many folks that need your perspective. They need what you have to say and the experiences you've had. So when, it, when you first think about, you now have this access just to share a little bit of yourself. So are you going to connect with someone first or place a post first? It, it depends what your goal would be. So my suggestion, what do you like? What do you like to talk about? And what is someone that you can try and help that maybe you've been through an experience that your experience could connect and resonate with them? So I, I would post before I have a bunch of connections because your goal isn't just to build up this base of connection. The goal is to be able to help someone or be able to draw them in so you're in a position to have a relationship with them. No, I think that's, yeah, food for thought. I know I'm guilty of, uh, I want to post and I want to create content and I get stumped on, well, what can I focus on or what provides value or things like that. I get stuck on that idea a lot and it's really hard to pull myself out of it. Um, well, then we also get, you also get hit with the comparison trap. You make a post and you're like, oh, nobody viewed it. Nobody liked it. Nobody commented. And I'm not as good as somebody else. And then, you know, we have all these terrible thoughts that run through our head. And it's right. just the enemy trying to press us down. But the, the, the truth of the matter is at first, you're just sharing what's on your heart. And it will eventually resonate with someone because every person out there, there's someone out there that's going to like you and, they're, and you're going to be able to help them. But on the flip side, there's a huge group that you're not going to. So you can't expect to be able to draw in everyone, which goes back to what is your audience? Who, who is it that you're wanting to connect with? And that's that first question you might want to ask yourself is um, Simon Sinek, the power of why or what, what is your why? And so your question is, why am I going to use LinkedIn? And if you can come up with why you're using it, it becomes easier to decide what content you would potentially post. All right. So kind of going off of that, then if somebody is creating content, they're it kind of in going off my idea is um, people are drawn to like unity of content. I know that's something I've seen people on Instagram and YouTube and things like that where um, they feel if they don't post a certain type of content consistently, like fi they find their audience and they are posting, they like educational content in the janitorial space. And so they're sharing information a lot and that's the type of post. What's your thoughts on veering outside of that on occasion? I know we are not linear people stuck in one little like mindset. We have a lot of different interests. Do you bring in some of your other interests, your personal interests, your professional interests into what you share? So, so you could have a focus around educational content and that could be the basis of what you believe that's your why for LinkedIn. But the way you're going to connect to your audience is for them to be able to find out who you are underneath that educational content. So outside of just putting out um, the best new disinfectant strategy or the results that have came in from an ATP meter or, or whatever it is that you would find interesting, they also want to know who you are and what do you enjoy doing? What is your family like? Um, how did you get into the business? And the things behind that overall direction where you're trying to get to. If, if you've spent any time on social media, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of me, 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 me. People love to tell you how great they are. My suggestion for you, if you're going to get into LinkedIn 
It's the 90-10 rule. 90% of your posts be about other people and helping other people or, or showing other people, not be asking for something, not just be trying to sell something out to someone. So we're, we're really focusing on you're getting into your space, but then you're just sharing more information. You don't have to be in the one lane that you spoke about only. Um, because to your point, many of us live in multiple lanes. All right. No, I, I was curious about that. Like I said, I am actually very, very active on LinkedIn. That's probably mm -hmm. my main platform personally. And um, it is one thing I've heard people say they're scared to post outside that that lane that they've set up for themselves. So I was very curious on your perspective, especially with, with a professional platform like LinkedIn. So. Well, the, the side too is like scared of what? That would be my They're question. Scared of whatever engagement. And this is, I saw something about this the other day. Um, somebody had posted a video or posted a, uh, it was on YouTube. She posted a community like where they can post a photo and text and stuff. Um, and she talked about, she had started doing one type of content and then she had mixed in another type of content. And eventually that other type of content had risen in engagement. So she had started focusing on that because basically those numbers were telling her, this is what people want. And well, then other people were like, what happened to the original stuff? Or she finds other interests. And she said, she's scared to post that original content because it drops her numbers. Mm. And everybody's afraid they're gonna lose that engagement or lose that connection, connections that they built up over time if they start posting something different. Well, I think it would depend what the goal is of the platform. Um, if your goal is purely clicks, likes, comments, because you want to build up such an influence or following that you want it to become your job one day. If that is your end and all be all goal, then that might be a more relevant feeling. But the majority of folks on the social media platform with LinkedIn are not making attempt to be influencers to get paid for their, their opinion. They're really trying to connect to people in their business space to grow themselves personally, to be able to find ways to, um, to become a better version of themselves by connecting with other folks. So <clears throat> you're right, your numbers might go down, but then that also goes back to, you know, what is successfully using the platform? Um, success for me is when I get to walk through my office and, uh, um, Maybe a newer employee, maybe been with us six months, is able to come up to me and ask me about my daughter when I had a post about her um, doing really well in a gymnastics competition. And now that person in our office has the ability to come up to me who doesn't know me, who has a high level position in the organization, and it creates a connection in a community between me and that person. I very well might not have very many likes on it. Uh, my engagement could have gone down. But my, my perspective on using the tool is not to just get likes and comments as much as it is to be able to broaden the people that I can influence and that can influence me. So in the janitorial space, because that's what we're talking about, so often we compare ourselves to other people in our industry. So if you're a business service contractor, you will evaluate what you're doing compared to some of the biggest and best business service contractors in the country. And many times that puts us in a small box because all the relationships and people that we're around are in our space. LinkedIn allows you to connect to other high level folks that are in totally different spaces. So you can be a business service contractor, a property manager that's cleaning a facility 
And now you're getting to understand um, somebody that's in a totally different world who has different problems and different opportunities to be able to grow instead of us being purely stuck with people that have the same mindset that have done the same thing for many, many years. No, I think um, that diversity of connection, it, it helps with the learning mindset too, that, that growth that um, you were talking about a social channel, but per, and even like the benefits it has to your business, but personally, those connections can help you grow as an individual as well, whether it's in your professional life or if it's something you take it home and you just feel better about who you are at the end of the day. I mean. Yeah, it's uh, so an example of that would be, we recently have a new position that we started at our company. It's a sales development rep. And what that position comes from is actually the SaaS, the software as a service industry. They have this position sales development rep. It's, it's very normal. It's, um, it's an entry-level role. However, when you look in the janitorial space, I couldn't see anyone doing it. And I'm not sure why, but I was able to connect to someone on LinkedIn, a buddy of mine now who lives in Canada, who runs a company. And all he does is hire and find sales development reps for companies across um, North America. And so I was able to learn from him. What does he look for? What does he like? What does he not like? What has his pitfalls been? And so now I was able to add this role into our organization, which is going to last. Um, it, it's going to be a really important position. And it did not come from our industry, but yet it's going to benefit our industry. And without the LinkedIn connections, um, I, I never, I never would have had that understanding. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of benefits from learning from the people in the industry and in your group, but it's like you said, it gets closed off after a while. You have to bring fresh ideas into that mix. You have to bring fresh thoughts. You have to be able to stir it up a little bit um, with just something like that. Something as simple as introducing a new to the industry role into your business can make a big difference. Sure. And there's no reason to recreate the wheel in the sense that uh, when someone else has already done it, and you can go right. learn from them and start off at a, a much higher spot than if you had just, you know, said, we could sit in a room with a, with a pen and a whiteboard and come up with something. Or we could go find someone else that's already came up with it that can get us 80% of the way there. So uh, I, I prefer that option. A lot less time spent uh, trying to get something that sometimes, like, you get to take something that's good and make it even better when you do yeah, it like sure. that. Sure. So. All right. So you're connecting, you we're talking about these connections. We're talking about there's people in the industry that are valuable and there's even a lot of great professionals outside of the industry. You want to make sure you have those connections, but when you are out there either looking or engaging on other people's posts, how do you decide to make that connection? Who, like, how do you decide who to do it with? Right? Like, do you just go for the upper level execs? Do you go for and look for anybody in the industry or outside of it that might be, you know, creating waves or sharing interesting things. Um, I, w- I would say first off, stop overthinking it. Um, Jeff Bezos had a, a comment. And I can't remember what he said. It was within the last six months. Don't overthink decisions that are easily reversible. So, for example, if you ju- choose to connect to these five people, and c- for whatever reason four of them you don't actually like, there's not value, you don't agree with them. It's just one click to no longer follow or be connected to those folks. I err on the side of connecting with almost everyone, primarily because I've learned so, so much more from people I didn't expect to. 
And I'd be fearful I wouldn't have the discernment based on someone's profile to know, yes, I should connect or no, I shouldn't connect based on, um, you know, what that could do for the relationship or, or, or our company's development on what they've done or what they know. So I connect with most folks. All right. No, I was, um, I seek out people to connect sometimes too. If I've been uh, engaging and I've noticed I'm engaging with the same type of people and the same type of content every so often, I will try to branch outside of it. So I was curious, but you're right. Like it's a, it's a simple thing to follow or unfollow. So sure. All right. As far as posts, kind of coming back around to one of those original questions I asked, there is always the big question of when do I post and how often do I post? And I know there's no single answer to this, but what have you found for yourself over time that has just, it made more, made the most sense, I guess. Um, so this is where, uh, and I'm not the, I'm not a LinkedIn expert. I don't work for LinkedIn. I haven't, you know, taught any classes, but there is an algorithm that LinkedIn uses that seems to be constantly changing. What that algorithm means is who they show your stuff to and how often. And so what I found is posting in times when people are probably going to be looking at their smartphone is a better chance of them engaging with your content. So if I would post something between 6.30 and 8 in the morning, there's people before work, there's a chance they're scrolling through, that engagement is going to be higher than if I posted something at 3.30 p.m. on that same day where people are, are not quite through their entire workday yet. Now, this is when, once again, when you're going for those vanity numbers, when you're wanting to get the clicks and you're wanting to get the likes, there was a lot of time I spent trying to post at the right time. And I really do believe there is a little bit of difference. However, it goes back to what Nike, it's, it's just do it. I promise you, you choosing to post at whatever the worst time is, is a much better than choosing to not do anything out of fear of rejection or fear of not being correct or fear of being right. So there, there, are prob- there are better times, but they won't significantly change the experience you get to have on, on, um, on LinkedIn and use the tool. Okay, cool. So how often are you, like out of curiosity, how often are you posting right now? <laughs> so right now, not very much at all. I, I, I might post a couple times a week maybe. It's, um, it really depends on life. Mm-hmm. And it, th- th- there's people that would, that would suggest you post every day. And there is truth to folks that uh, if you use the tool more regularly, um, LinkedIn will reward folks that are on there more often and, and, and potentially help them get more engagement. But it really comes down to, again, wh- where your heart is at in this. Like, what is your why? And so for, for me to, to talk to you, Haley, and say, Haley, you need to start posting every single day. And it's going to change your life in this exact way um, would really be an estimate However, what I can tell you is if you choose to not post or not engage at all, you're going to be very limited in the circles you're around and the people you're around with. Um, It's not a significant amount of time that's necessary. You you can maybe spend an hour a week. You you carve out an hour a week to uh, post and comment. I can assure you, you will gain significantly more um, for that hour investment and the way you're able to grow as a person and what you're able to learn because there are absolute high performers all over the website. And so you, you, people are really concerned about what they post, where your best 
way to get engagement and to grow is what you comment. So let's say you don't feel comfortable posting. You're, you're, you're not quite ready to take that, that jump to where you're going to put something out there. Commenting on other people's posts and engaging with them when they say something profound, when they say something that's interesting, you can get in conversations to where you really get connecting with folks. And before you know it, um, people start to think that you're an expert and you really know what you're doing. And all you've done is commented on somebody else that has a great follow. So it's, uh, but once again, you still have to choose to act. But um, so posting could be scary. Commenting, not quite as scary. So I remember when I didn't drink coffee, I went to Starbucks and I wanted to know what was the gateway drug to get me into coffee. And they gave me this like white mocha. This is like 700 calories of sugar to get me into coffee. So if you're thinking, I I, want to use this free tool, this LinkedIn tool, and I'm not sure how, the easiest thing to do is just to start commenting on other people's posts that you think are somewhat interesting. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm across platforms and what I found personally, and I don't know, like I said, I don't work for any of these companies either. So I don't know behind the scenes, but the algorithms tend to work kind of similarly in that they're trying to identify content for the user that is most relevant to their interest. However, they get to that point, that seems to be like the general consensus of what these algorithms are trying to do. And so across platforms, there's some I'm, I'm never on. I'm never on Facebook. I follow people on there just to get their birthdays. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Sends me an email each morning. I double check it just to make sure I haven't forgotten anybody. Um, other platforms I engage in, I used to try to post regularly. I, I used to be like you. I used to be trying to hit numbers by posting certain types of content, certain types, try to look up the frequency, what's the optimal, blah, 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 and all these other things and try to hit it. And um, I noticed that it wasn't doing me any favors if I really wanted to pay attention to the numbers because either posts were too close together and they were competing for each other for attention. Like nobody's gotten a chance to see the first one and I've sent out the second one or it just wasn't relevant enough that it wasn't recommending it to anybody. And so for my other platforms and even for LinkedIn, I spend more time, I think, going through and engaging on posts and looking and seeing what people's posted, what they have written article-wise, things like that. Especially people love engagement on articles because there's not nearly enough of it. So doing that kind of stuff, I've noticed I've gained more followers and I've hit some of those those vanity metrics more easily and then posting a lot less frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I know on Instagram, it's very true. When I backed off on posting a lot and just focused on other type of engagement, um, the platform actually rewarded me for its non-typical like preferred, like I wasn't hitting all the, the recommended things, right? Sure. I was just focusing on um, those relationships and building them through through other people's content. Sure. Well, and I know the audience, some of which they might not really know what LinkedIn is exactly, or maybe they know it just at a basic level. If, the, if I could kind of boil it down, if you use the, the tool, it's a social media tool. And if all you do is share your thoughts a couple times a week, you're going to be able to recruit talent without paying recruiters fees. You're going to have customers that you currently do business with that are going to engage with you 
outside of the content. Every meeting I go on when I go talk to customers, people that have bought from us for years, they'll make little comments about posts that I've had on LinkedIn. And it draws us closer together to where it's, it's reducing, it's helping to reduce customer churn. It's helping connect to our, your employees. So we, you like, we all like to know each other and that people like to know what you think is interesting. So you're going to connect more to your, your current employees. You're going to connect to your customers. You're going to connect to future employees that you can recruit. And then you're going to re- connect to prospects. So you're going to have new accounts coming to you on a tool that is 100% free currently. We can wake up tomorrow and they can start charging all of us. But in the current state, it is free to use. And all you have to do is choose to take a step in that direction and to begin seeing a benefit. And that- everybody's uh, experiences on LinkedIn are going to be different. Everybody's uh, approach is going to be different because we're all individuals. And I think the nice thing about a platform like LinkedIn is it honors that individuality. All right. Kind of coming back around because I know somebody's listening in right now. They, they probably got pretty interested when you said uh, something at the beginning of that phrase and a couple of times throughout, you've used it as a recruiting tool. And right now, uh, obviously, there is a lot of problems uh, with <laughs> the job applicant market and, um, you know, finding applicants, applicants finding jobs. This is a hot topic right now. So um, before we go too much further, can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by using LinkedIn as a recruiting tool? All right. So changing jobs or changing careers, it's, uh, it's kind of scary. It's exciting. It's scary. And anytime you're thinking about doing that, there's a fear that's in your mind. Who am I going to work for? What's that company going to be like? Can I see myself there? Do I connect with them on a cultural level? Do I connect with them on a personal level? When you take a new job, you're not exactly sure of those things. And so what ends up happening is people choose to not change jobs or they just can choose to go somewhere they feel more comfortable. So when I say that you can use LinkedIn as a recruiting tool, it allows people that would consider working for you to get a deeper dive into what is Kelsan? What is the leadership at Kelsan like? How do they communicate? What's important to them? And you could share that. And then people instantly, that fear of who am I going to work for gets reduced. So we have a home run talent that's going to be starting January 3rd with us. Um, She and I met on LinkedIn two and a half years ago. And I knew this person would be perfect for our organization. At the time, she was happy. She, She knew she was good where she was. And over this two and a half years, we've probably engaged in not direct messages ever, never sent each other a direct message, but would comment or say something underneath it. And then here three months ago, uh, I connect with her and she says, hey, I'm actually looking for something new. And there's just something about your company that I think I'd like enjoy working for. And that was all created based on simple following of social media. It reduced the risk of her coming to join our organization because she felt like she knew us. And the truth of the matter is she did. And I felt like I knew her. So from a recruiting tool, you know, anytime you go out and use a recruiter, they get brought to your organization. They're, they're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. And this is a chance for them to get to know you. So every interview, I, I, I struggle to say 100%, but I, I can't think of an interview. I probably sit in 
10 interviews a month. Every single time, if, if they're interviewing for a sales position, they reference something I posted, talked about, or was on as they researched the organization they were going to work for. And because of LinkedIn, it gave them a little bit of an input into who I am as the leader of the, of the sales organization. And then it also allowed them to see what is big on the culture. Because a lot I post on is the culture of our company. We're really proud of it. It's not that um, we're, we're better than other organizations, but we really, we love working here. And because we love working here, I want other folks to know it. And then that allows them to think, man, I might love, love working there too. And it puts us in a real spot to have a head up on recruiting. Yeah, well, and that unknown when it comes to looking at a new position or starting your first day is no matter how talented you are, I've heard people say like they're still nervous as can be and um, making a connecting to somebody and peeling back a bit of that layer can go so far. And you don't just do it with potential applicants. You mentioned current employees as well, mm -hmm. right? You know, current employees and folks that, um, you know, I had, a, I had a post last week that two people from other districts I don't see very often, they called to ask me questions about. And from there, that connected us in a, in, a, in a slightly different way that we had dialogue. And so if there's any C-suite, if there's any um, VPs or executives, I hear from so many folks in those positions, I just wish I had a better pulse to the company. I wish I understood what some of the frontline workers were feeling and saying and thinking, but none of them talk to me. They don't communicate to me. Well, oftentimes the reason it is, is because the, the, the title that you have or the position you have is intimidating. And when you choose to post on LinkedIn, especially with somewhat personal information, just how you're feeling or if you handle the situation poorly, those frontline workers now feel more connected to you that they feel like they can come up and ask you a question. And all that one question, them asking you about a post, it makes it so you can say, you, you, give them, you give them a response about why you shared on LinkedIn, but then you can ask them, hey, how's things going for you? What's working really well in your department? And they, and they feel more comfortable sharing it because there's that, that little bit of a connection based on what they know of you. I find that the more often you check in with people, ask how their day are is, or things like that, or... Um, even for me, I've come across somebody who's upset, uh, which is always like the horror, like you walk into a restroom and somebody's crying and you're like, I've never been prepared for this situation. Uh, at one time I, I, I said, do you want a hug? You know, <laughs> do you need a hug? Sure. Hugs work for me. Uh, and she said, yes. And you know, like her other people, I, I check in, I say, hi. How are you doing? You know, things like that. And at first they might just say, fine, and talk about loose stuff. But the more often you do that with the individuals, the more they open up and they, they tell you how their day is really going, the more comfortable they get with you and that trust that you can build, which is so key. Um, I think it was one of our previous episodes. We asked somebody, what is the biggest thing that can destroy uh, company culture? And then they said, lack of trust or the, you know, and it takes the smallest things, but this is a way that you can build that up and you can do it by making yourself more approachable through a platform like LinkedIn. It's, um, there's something we all love and it's hard to say with, with so much divisiveness in our country, 
right now it's uh, there's a left side there's a right side there's all these opinions mask or no mask and but one thing everyone loves is a good story everyone loves a story and sharing your story on linkedin is what will draw people in to feel like they know who you are and you know what people love the most is a comeback story so when you're on LinkedIn, you, you might have the feeling that you want to post about all the great things that you did. So you might say, look at this great customer situation where I went in and I did this and they were spending $1,000 and now they're spending $500 and I'm the best. And, and that's one perspective. But people love to hear the story where you went in and did something wrong and you learned from it. And then this is what you learned. And then there's that vulnerability so someone can look at you and say, man, they're, 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 they're a right person. They're not a know-it-all. And so uh, sharing those stories is huge. So originally when you first asked, you know, what should you post? I gave you a vague answer. You know, you, you can post anything that's genuine that's about yourself. But if you can put it in a story format, people will be able to relate to it significantly better. And you might say, well, I'm not very good at telling stories. Telling a story is legitimately just documenting something that happened. And it could be a good thing. It could be a negative thing. But what will happen is you're going to recognize people are going to comment, oh, my gosh, that happened to me, too. Or they might just say, are you OK or way to go? And, uh, and that, that type of encouragement. So storytelling is, is a, it's an old tale. People have been telling stories for a really long time. But if you look at the posts that get the most engagement on LinkedIn, it's usually someone that has, has told a story that someone feels like they can connect with. And you are telling a story through all of your actions on the platform anyways. Um, so you can tell a story in that individual post, but all of your posts and your interactions and things like that, that go through throughout LinkedIn. And when somebody meets you in real life, that's telling a story of who you are as a person too. So it's interesting. Uh, so I've been, I'm fortunate to get to participate in acquisitions and going after other businesses to bring to join ours. So I was speaking with a guy three months ago, our very first meeting. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. He owns a business. We want to acquire them. That's a somewhat uncomfortable conversation. You know, he's put his blood, sweat, and tears into this. In 10 minutes into our meeting, he quoted me on something. He, he, he said a sentence and he said, you agree, right? And I thought, what is this guy talking about? Apparently, he had somehow looked back through previous posts and conversations I had on social media, and then he quoted myself to me. And he actually said, it's why I agreed to meet with you. You seemed like a pretty good guy. And uh, that was a really cool situation because there's a lot of really good guys out there or, or ladies, but people don't know you are that. Um, you know, I can be a good guy without posting on social media. And there's a lot of folks that are great people that don't post on social media, but they don't allow people to, to be drawn in because they keep that, that greatness inside and they don't share it. It's, uh, it's not, I think it's just, it's very interesting. Like that perspective, it's so much more humble than I think what people think of as social media and like, when you go onto these platforms, having a purpose and doing things like that. Um, but just sharing a bit of yourself, not to, um, 
sway people's opinions or do things like that, though that might be something that you gain from it. But to share some of the good good things and the other things and the things you've just sharing yourself as a person, getting getting that other level of connection, I think it's very it's very interesting. It's a very positive thing that you can take away from a platform like this. Sure, it's the law of reciprocity. I always struggle to say that word. But when someone shares vulnerability or something with you, it opens the door for them to share that back with you. And when it comes back, that's when a relationship is built. And when a relationship is built, that's when a culture is built. And then when that culture is built out, your organization, before you know it, it's a, it really is a game changer. And it's a little bit of hyperbole to, to say, hey, you're going to get on LinkedIn and it's going to change your entire culture. However, there is a lot of tr- truth to being able to draw folks in to feel comfortable to, to, to share those challenging things or things in their life and, and build that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to not discount uh, the impact that something small can have. So even if it happens to be on LinkedIn or it happens to be in person, sometimes it's, um, you know, like you said, you say it's a hyperbole, but sometimes it's true for some people the stuff that they start maybe on a platform like LinkedIn or in those conversations or something they've learned and gained from somebody else's post, it might actually shift the tide of the way they do business or the way they interact with people. It could shift their culture, which it's not going to be like a, um, this happened and boom, it's done. But, you know, I think, I think that is something that we can say is we can shift the world through some of some of our words and our actions on platforms like this. Yeah, I have a, there's a um, motivational speaker, author that says, his name's Jonathan Darling, micro moments, massive impact. So, so often there's these little teeny moments that would happen in life and they can have a massive impact in someone's life. And to think of LinkedIn or any social media being that platform where you're allowed to put those micro moments out there you don't, you don't know the impact that they're having. And that's where the vanity metrics make it tough for folks. There's, there's a CEO here locally, smart guy, smarter than I am. He's tried the LinkedIn thing, he says. Didn't get anything out of it. Well, his heart when he went into it was how quickly could he get something out of this? He didn't go into it thinking, what can I give and how can I serve others? And what will that look like? Um, the, the book by Bob Berg, The Go-Giver, if, if folks on this haven't read it, please do. But it's, it, it, it parallels the go-getter mentality in business. So the go-getter is the person that pushes, he steps on whoever, he's a go-getter. He'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. The go-giver is someone that gives information. They give their talents. They give what they do. And they get to a point where when you can start giving that to a larger group of people, that impact is huge. And then the financial that comes with it is even bigger. So if you can go into the LinkedIn and, um, you know, if, if you're a floor care specialist and that's what you do, you do floors. Floors are hard and people need your expertise, you know, and, and if you can share, hey, here's this bad time. I, I, this, I did this. This is how it went awful. But here's how we fixed it. People are going to relate to that. And you might think, man, all I do is floors. Well, all you do is floors is something I can't do. I can't do floors. I've tried. I know how to do them. I can, I can run a machine, but they never look the way that like those experts do. So if you're in this janitorial space, there's never been a more important time to share how you keep a building clean, 
how you keep people safe, how you connect um, without our space, businesses aren't open. They're legitimately shut down. And now this LinkedIn tool that we've spoke about, it's a chance for you to take your expertise. It's not what can I get out of this? What you get will, that, that will just come to you. It, it, it's almost like I'm going to work really hard. And I'm going to do all these things. And before you know it, I'm making a lot of money. My goal wasn't to make all this money, but my goal is to have this impact. The same thing will happen with LinkedIn. Things will come out of uh, the right mindset and the right approach, you know, coming to bring value um, rather than find immediate gratification has a lot more long-term benefits. And I'll admit when I first had to create my LinkedIn profile, which was shortly before I had to do it for that class, I, everybody was telling me about all the different connections you can build, how you can get jobs through it, do all these other things. And that's what I wanted to do with it. I just, I wanted to get something out of it. And I kind of hated the platform at first. <laughs> I didn't like the stuff I was interacting with. I didn't like, um, like interacting on it myself and I couldn't, I couldn't get joy. So I really was kind of quiet on it. Didn't do much with it for a long time. And then started to get more active and uh, I love to build out profiles. Like mm. I am that person. I go and fill out every little detail and I get it. I don't know what it is, but I love doing that. I love having a fully created profile. Um, so I fluffed mine up, refreshed mine. I change out my cover image all the time. Um, things like that. And then I started engaging. I started connecting with people I bring on to the podcast and another show I do. Um, and I started to get to know who they were through LinkedIn and the things that they're passionate about. And uh, it's become a lot more wholesome of a platform, a lot more positive, a lot more information sharing, a lot more informative, um, and just more enjoyable to be around. And it's not that the platform has changed a crazy amount. It's me that's changed when I come mm -hmm. onto that platform. And so I think the guy just needs to come back <laughs> and, and, and take a different approach. And he'd find probably the same thing I did, that it can be a really cool place to be. That's uh, our whole mind. Our perspective on life is, uh, is, is that's very true in many situations. So, you know, we're in this, the United States, which I still believe is the number one place I would ever love to live. I'm proud to be here. I'm thankful for everyone that allows us to have this world of freedom. But if you watch the news in that perspective, I mean, we're, this is really bad. This is not a great situation. So you going into LinkedIn thinking this is bad, not, it's not a great situation. It's, it's going to be the same. So I'm proud of you for changing your mindset. That's, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, I used to, kind of, it was all, it was a lot more focused on vanity metrics, um, which is I think how I started a lot of social media platforms and it was, how can I get interactions? How can I attract uh, recruiters? How can I build connections with people in my industry that can teach me stuff? Um, and it was a lot about me focused. Um, and there was so many, like everything was goal oriented. I wanted to do something with this exact action and I needed it to lead to this. And it was just very, it wasn't fun. And now I'm like, I have no idea what this is gonna do, but it's fun. Like I had done posts or a lot of it, again, I just like to engage or just peruse and see what's going on. Um, I message people a lot on that platform. Uh, so it's a lot more enjoyable and it's not like anything crazy has changed on the platform side, but I'm sure there's more people on it. Um, 
than the first time I joined. It's me. I changed mm -hmm. and I changed my mindset. I didn't do anything crazy. So now on the business side of it, so we've been talking about warm and fuzzy, you know, do this for others and right. you know what you're going to get out of it and changing your mindset. But there really are some tangible, um, concrete ways that build your business. And, and the first is, a, if, I, I think you said you might have a marketing background, but there's the term, um, the law of familiarity. If somebody sees something more often, it doesn't have to be better or different. If they just see it more often, they think it is better than something they haven't seen as often. So if you'll follow this mindset, imagine you're sitting in a coffee shop and you go every single day and you see someone that sits across from you. Every week you see this person, but you've never spoke to him. So it's, you've, it's been three weeks. You've seen him at the coffee shop. You've nodded, never said one word. You'd get up and go to the bathroom and feel more comfortable asking them, hey, would you watch my computer than a stranger you've never met before? And the only part of them that's better is they're more familiar to you. It's the exact same with your business. At minimum, if at minimum you don't buy into my 90, 10, 90, give, 10, take. If you're a hundred take and you just share about your business and anyone sees it at any regular cadence, when they're ready to make a decision, they're going to think your business is better than someone else's because they're more familiar with it. I always wondered when I'd go to a, a movie at Christmas and I'd be sitting there in the, uh, sitting waiting for the, where the previews are going. And here's Coca-Cola paying all this money to have a Coca-Cola ad at the movie. And I've thought to myself, everyone knows what Coca-Cola is. Like, why are they doing this? But the reason they're doing it is because they know if I see Coca-Cola more often than I see Pepsi, my familiarity with Coca-Cola is going to be higher. And if I'm in a decision, there's a much higher chance of me purchasing the Coca-Cola. Don't, don't hate me, Pepsi fans. I, I go either way. But it's the same with your business. So LinkedIn is a tool that you don't have to pay for, that you can share about what you're doing. You can control the message. You can control the narrative. Heck, you can even have people in your company comment on it what you want them to comment. And you can control the messaging if you choose to. It's just about um, stepping up and, and making a choice to do it. Um, Haley, I don't have an issue with the plan that you had. You know, you came in with a plan. You wanted to have all these goals. I think it's fine if you want to have goals with LinkedIn. However, it's where it gets challenging is when your joy and happiness goes down if those goals are not being met. You, ideally, you're going to keep the same joy and happiness whether the goals are met either way. But. Yeah, and that was it. Is I came on just to do those. And then when it didn't happen like I thought it was going to be, I was like, oh, well, this is pointless. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't enjoy it. And I am a very photographic person, which is funny because I also write a lot. Um, so I, I just wasn't engaging. But um, from the business side, coming back around to that, there is also business profiles, business pages. Um, so talk to me a little bit about uh, what you suggest when it comes to setting up like that kind of profile and page. Because obviously, if people are looking you up, this is another thing that it's it's likely to pop up at some point, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess there's a couple different perspectives. There's the perspective that if you're going to have a business page, 
it needs to look like you know what you're doing in the sense that it's professional looking. Um, it's many times a business page will, will post more business-like messaging. You know, they, they would post a post that had Christmas trees that said, happy holidays from our company. You know, that's not necessarily content that's engaging. However, it is a page that if someone did look you up, it'll look like, oh, they have a marketing team. They have a marketing company. They have something involved that, that makes them a professional business. Uh, we have a business page that if you look at the content, it doesn't have a whole lot of engagement. Um, it's not meant to draw people in as much as it's meant to show that we are a business that's been around 72 years that uh, knows what we're doing and we want to almost prove that we're an expert. Whereas my personal page is not about proving I'm an expert as much as it's proving I'm a real person who cares about people, who does a lot of things really well, but also stinks at other things. So uh, to me, they're completely different um, kind of a goal set. Okay. Um, so I guess coming, coming into this, what are the, I, and we've touched on, we've touched on so much, but I still feel like we might get those business owners who they're trying to grow and they just say, I don't have time, things like that. Or they create the profile and then they just kind of leave it set. They don't interact um, by posting or creating content or doing anything like that. Um, what are, what are your big reasons why a business wants to at least create some content to engage, you know, that they want to create this profile and they want to do something with that business page. So you said that these businesses want to grow. So my, my first question would be, what are they doing currently to grow? So what, what are they currently doing to not just grow their customer base, but how are they growing their, their desire to be better as an organization? Like who are the folks around them that are helping them grow? More often than not, when you ask that question, the answer is, is it's a pretty small group. There's a couple advisors. There's a few people around that give them suggestions on a book or a consultant. So that would be my first question is, you know, if you could wake up tomorrow and be surrounded by really, really smart people and have an op opportunity to pick the brains for no money, would you want to do it? You ask it in that way, they're like, sure, well, how, how would I do it? It would just be about initially, like you said, setting up your profile. You might choose, I'm going to start to post one day a week, one day a week. And with the understanding that this is a process to learn and to get better, and you'll start posting one day a week. And it might at first be like a cadence. You might not enjoy it. You might not have the passion Haley has now. You might have to come back a year from now after you quit and don't like it. But you have to start in some spot if you're really wanting to grow around your business. All right. Um, yeah, no, that, that is, I think, probably the biggest thing I've heard from people is that they don't have time uh, or like the, the big, like, why would I get on there? Like, you know, they can't understand it. So I did kind of want to come back to that, especially when we're talking about. So how are they growing? How are they getting talent currently? How are they prospecting? Um, every business, whether you're in sales or not, you need new customers. And so how are you getting those customers? And is there a process you have? Do, well, then also, do you believe in social media? Do you believe social media is going away? If you'll acknowledge that social media is here to stay, 
if you'll acknowledge that you need new customers, you need new talent, or, or you'd be interested in finding out if it's out there, then at that point, it's, hey, I might not completely get this, but maybe I should try this. That, that's what got me into this 2019. I had never posted on LinkedIn until 2019. And there's a guy out of New York City named Gary Vaynerchuk. He has a huge social media following on all of the platforms. But in 2019, he posted about LinkedIn and said, Instagram started charging, Facebook is starting to charge. LinkedIn is still completely free. And if you are in business and you are not using it, you are just absolutely losing. So he gave a talk, probably like the one I'm giving, that was much more eloquent, easier to understand for you to grasp. But I listened to him and I thought, I'm just going to try it. So I committed in 2019, December of 2019, because I'm a bit of a contrarian. I'm not big on uh, New Year's resolutions. So I didn't want to wait till January 1st to start it. So I started December 1st and I did 30 days in a row. I posted once a day for 30 days. And I just made the commitment with social media is not going away. This is free. And there's a really smart person saying I should try it. And fortunately, in those 30 days, I was able to connect with some interesting folks. And from there, I've just grown um, to, to get to speak with folks like you. Um, I, was, I was invited to the ISSA to sit on the panel to start the show 100% because of LinkedIn. I received a message from their executive director that said, I followed you on LinkedIn for a while. Would you mind being one of our experts to, look, to open the show? And I kind of had a little half smile thinking expert, you know, there's probably people out here that are you know, more expertise than I have, you know, because we all have this thought of our, are we actually good enough? But because of LinkedIn, it allowed me that opportunity, allowed me the opportunity to speak with you here. So uh, Nike was right. Just do it. Right. All right. Well, coming back, um, you've been pretty successful with it. Obviously you've gotten some pretty cool things have happened because of your presence on LinkedIn and whatever your engagement numbers and other things like you built valuable connections and experiences due to just being able to be active on the platform and being genuine. So how has that impacted your job at Kelson? How have you used what you're doing there to translate it into the business? Well, it's a bunch of different processes. So um, one that comes to mind, so we have a, a finance person, our vice president of finance, and she's never under, she, first off, she doesn't like LinkedIn because she says it's only salespeople trying to sell her, which it very well can be. And that is an annoying piece of it. So, so I agree with her. Um, but we were having issues with one, of, uh, with one of our suppliers. They were wanting to take us up a 20% increase last year. And so I went on LinkedIn and said, hey, my network, we use these folks, we love them, but we're going up this much. Can anyone make suggestions of their competitors that we can evaluate? Well, not only did I get 10 of their competitors' recommendations, but I had the VP of that company reach out to me directly and see, hey, we see you're about to leave us based on this increase. Is there anything we can do to keep you? They ended up taking it from a 20% increase to a 3% increase, and we signed on for the rest of the year. Wow. And it was purely because of just putting a note out there. And what I did was I asked for help. I didn't say I'm an expert on this. I said, we use this software. They're going up. Any suggestions? 
And uh, so that was really cool. You know, I'd mentioned earlier, we've got this new uh, new lady that's going to be joining us, which was a hundred percent relationship based on LinkedIn. Um, I got a message just last week with a uh, vice president of HR that said, Hey, um, I'm not sure if you remember me, but I followed you on LinkedIn for a while. I just got to a new company and we need some of these products. Can you send someone out? So I was able to send out a salesperson. We went and picked up the account. And it was all three of those opportunities for our business came just from a personal LinkedIn account. And then on the flip side, you know, you started off and you gave me all these kudos at the beginning as far as having this great following. And if you compare me to other social media folks on LinkedIn, I mean, I've got 2% of the following as the, as the big wigs, as the people that really know what they're doing. But that's why it's so important for this podcast, because this, our janitorial world is completely wide open. I'm inviting people to come in and make this uh, a, a lot bigger pond because it's easy to get some, some pretty good ac- uh, success quickly because there's not very many people doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, and two, I'm, I'm very curious about those people who um, have all of these following and all of these connections and the amount of those people who have a good amount of engagement from a majority, right? Because what I see when I think of yours, and again, I don't look at the numbers. I've actually stopped looking at like these numbers a while ago on my platforms. And I look at how people are engaging in the connectivity um, and what movements are happening, you know, to kind of tell in, around yours, the reason I, I imagine you as this big uh, LinkedIn guru is you've got great engagement. People enjoy connecting to you and around you, there are are ripples and there's movement happening. And it's a place that people want to gather. They want to see what Justin's up to. Um, So I I definitely see you as like somebody to kind of look up to even outside of the the janitorial space, just because you have, uh, you've brought so much of yourself and it's somebody that people kind of want to be around. Well, that's a really nice thing to hear. Um, so I, I appreciate you saying it. Um, but it really, it comes back to, I, I believe we're on this planet to connect with other people. And that's extroverts, introverts. Every, the introvert that gets the life sucked out of them being at a party, I can, my wife's the same way, so I can relate to, to, to you. But there's still a connection that you're put on this planet for that for you to be able to hear or learn or, or understand from someone else and for, for them to be able to do that with you. And so when you post something on LinkedIn, you know, you said I get good engagement. It, it's typically because I just talk back to them. You know, if, if they say something or they ask a question, I respond. And I don't respond because I have to for a metric. I respond because they're human that took the time to, to do something. Now, there is only one time on LinkedIn when, when it gets a little crazy as far as the amount of time it takes. If you're fortunate enough to have a post that you put out there that gets a ton of engagement, and you know you, you hear about videos going viral, well, you can go viral on LinkedIn as well, and to where you could wake up and have 100 people that have commented on, your, on your, uh, the post that you put, and that is a little overwhelming. But then if you go back, though, still to the point that, look, these are just humans that are the same way, trying to connect to other folks, and they need this connection. 2019 has taken connection from us. 
And this is just an easy way to be able to, uh, to give that back. Um, I understand it's in text format, but LinkedIn now allows you to send videos. It allows you to send audio messages. There's a lot of things you can do to create that connection that's more than just text format. No, I think that it is, um, it, it's cool. Like I think about, as you're talking, I think about my experiences and I think about um, the way, the, the things I've seen happen and the interactions I've seen happen. And from your perspective, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's really cool to see, especially for somebody who wants to do more and engage more and is kind of uh, earlier on in uh, figuring out what my process is going to look at, look like, you know, so. The, uh, the janitorial world needs us. <laughs> it, it needs you, Haley. It needs, it needs folks that will be vulnerable or confident, however, whatever way you want to look at it enough to share your experiences. And uh, I'd imagine anyone that's listening can think of one time in their life Someone shared an experience, whether that's on social media or in person, and it resonated with you. It impacted you in some way that caused you to act, it caused you to change careers, it, caused, it encouraged you when you were down. And our, our industry needs it. We, we, we need each other. And it, this is just one other um, way to connect. I, I'm not suggesting you go on LinkedIn and you no longer make phone calls or we're not eliminating all other aspects of communication. We're continuing with the traditional aspects of communication, just with this with a slightly additional piece that lets you be your true self and see what that does for the relationships around you and connections with people you never would have expected. No, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, as we kind of, I think we can probably start to wrap up, um, but I had a question for you. Uh, I work with a sales team and obviously you're a VP of sales and we mentioned, or you mentioned before, um, the the people that sell to you through LinkedIn and things like that. Um, I saw actually posts on LinkedIn. It was probably a couple months back now, but it, it made me giggle a little bit and it did stick with me. And ultimately it was talking about those people that connect to you and or even before they connect to you they drop into your dms and they've got a multi-paragraph sales pitch that they they give you right off the bat and this is kind of where people um this is that almost og impression of linkedin that people have when they first join or before they join they call it pitch slapped Yep. I don't know if they were the ones to originate the, the saying or if they heard it from somebody else, but it, it made me giggle a little bit. I did. I think that was a really funny saying. Um, so pitch slap, what are your thoughts on when you're, when you're trying to open up, uh, if you do want to open up, you look at somebody's profile and you genuinely think that your product or service could benefit them or, um, you're trying to grow your business. What are your thoughts on approaching that on trying to maybe avoid pitch slapping somebody? Yeah, I was pitch slapped today. Um, so I, I get, so be, with my role, I get, you know, sales calls constantly and I try to be respectful because I, I, I appreciate the grind, but being pitch slapped, is, it's not a great experience. And so what to do instead of pitch slapping, that's the question you're asking, correct? Mm -hmm. How do you grow your sales without being a pitch slapper? 
Yes. <laughs> All right. So if you connect with someone on LinkedIn and you, you would like to sell them something, my suggestion, do everything in your body to fight sending them a message about your product. Like anything you can do to not send them a message about your product, certainly don't ask them for 15 minutes or send them a Calendly invite. All three of those things are very, uh, you're just a random number. There's, there's nothing about you that's going to stand out as the seller. Now, if this person that you uh, would like to purchase your products has, has done any posts or if they've done any engagement, so let's say they haven't posts, but they've put comments, you can go to their page and see all of their activity. And my suggestion is to start commenting on their comments. Not in a weird way. But in a good point, they said something you thought was interesting and you say, that's interesting. And you don't do 10 of them on day one. But over the next week, you make little comments because remember that law we talked about Coca-Cola, that law of familiarity. Mm -hmm. Then at some point when you do decide to call them on the phone. So once again, we're not pitch slapping them, but you call them on the phone and you say, Haley, we connected on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. I've actually saw some of your posts with good stuff. And my company had something I thought might help you. The last thing I wanted to do is just send you a pitch. You might call me back because that law of familiarity will think, well, one, they valued my time to not just send me a pitch. Mm-hmm. Two, I've seen them multiple times. Um, so if anyone is listening to this podcast and you'd like me to call you back as a potential vendor, that is the way you would gain my attention. And, um, and, and, and just let them get to know you because then the other thing is when you're connected, you're going to start showing up on their feed. And so then at that point, Haley, you might actually message them on their feed something. And you, now you're engaging with them before they've pitched you. And now that, that salesperson is in an excellent spot to have a true human conversation with you and not be viewed purely as here's the salesperson I don't know. Get me out of here. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I like that approach. Uh, I come from the marketing side. And so one of our biggest, um, I think, pet peeves is like sometimes the overly direct selling, uh, be, like before you even have a conversation. And it, it is that pitch slap. And it can happen in multiple ways. Um, but also you know, we, I'm close with our sales team. I love our sales team. So they're working hard uh, to spread the word. So it's, it was a very curious question for me coming off of, you know, that post I saw, um, but also knowing that um, they want to utilize the platform. They just want to do it in the right way. Right. So the, the challenge is, what is it that one, one, something messes up the whole bunch. What is that, that saying? one bad banana messes up the whole bunch or something like that. It's true for LinkedIn because there are companies out there that you can pay and they will automate your first message. So you can pay a company to go find my ideal customer profiles. So they'll they'll go find you. Here's 2000 people and they'll automate, add 2000 people to be connections. And then the moment you say yes, it automatically sends you the message. And so this might not be the large population of people that are doing it, but they do it in such volumes that pitch slapping has became very frustrating. 
And if you're just a traditional person that's not using an autonomous robot to help you with your LinkedIn, you're going to seem like one of them. So if you instantly send a message, it's going to seem like it's not personal, like it was done by a robot, and that you're no different than the hundreds of other messages they're receiving about some form of product. Right. Yeah, I had some, I've had uh, a lot of pitch slappy messages. Um, And my favorite was a recruiting one that uh, was for some, I can't remember what job it was. It's something I definitely do not have the skill set for that nowhere on my profile do I have that skill set for, but there was probably a word somewhere on my profile that they had selected in their, their automation software. Uh, and I got their message. Um, it, it just, it leaves like that bad aftertaste. Like you want to connect with people and this is a platform of connecting. So when there's ingenuine interactions like that, it, it puts people off a little bit. But um, I just respectfully reply and I say, I am sorry, I don't respond to automated messages. Wish you the best. And then they oftentimes come back and try and like save it or whatever else. But at that point, um, I've kind of uh, moved on a little. So I think I'm a little harsh. Is that what you're going to call this episode? Don't get pitch slapped. I should, shouldn't I? <laughs> Maybe. You do. Get people's attention with that kind yeah. of title. Um yeah. No, that was just one of the things, I, again, it's probably one of my favorite sayings slash words now up there with uh, pomplamoose. Like, I don't know why those those phrases bring me such joy, but uh, it, 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 is a, it is a thing for people, though, when, um, you know, you're a salesperson and you want to sell um, or you're a person who wants to interact, uh, bringing a little light to that type of interaction and highlighting it in particular because it has given LinkedIn in the past that bad reputation so if I, if I can help keep you from pitch slapping like just one example so imagine you're at a, a networking party and the very first time someone turns around you don't even get introduced to them but they turn around and they have a, a, a name tag on that says Frank would you ever go Hey, Frank, I'm Justin. I'm with Kelsan, and we save companies on this much money on janitorial supplies. And here is an example of a case study where we did this and we did this. Do you want to set up a meeting next time to talk next week? Thanks. No one would ever do it. You would never allow yourself to do something that uncomfortable. Right. But because you get to hide behind a keyboard and you get the power of a keyboard and the power of automation, it really puts you in a spot to where... um, it really, that connection, that, that word we've talked so much about is pretty much inevitable with that type of communication using the tool. But well, here's what you might do though. Imagine we're at that party again, Frank turns around and you'd say, Hey Frank, nice to meet you. Having a good party. And then Frank would reply back. And then you might see Frank later and he's bowling and he bowled a strike. You're at this event. You say, Frank, great job bowling that strike. Well done. Before you know it, Frank knows who you are. You know Frank has bowled before. Then one time you see Frank out and you say, hey, Frank, remember that time I ran into the bowling alley? Just started with this other company. Would you mind if I told you about it? He might say, sure, come on, because there's some level of connection there. That's what you're trying to create by going into their posts and comments just little teeny pieces that you can eventually come back to when you do push for that request and try and sell something. Mm -hmm. 
I imagine too, it's going to give you a better idea of where they stand before you even get to that conversation. You're going to know more about that person before, uh, before you try to introduce them to your product or service. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with before we wrap up? Hmm. I mean, really it's, uh, it's joining any social media platform. It's, it's a humble position or it needs to be, um, acknowledge that you don't know exactly what you're doing. Acknowledge that there's going to be things that you do that, uh, that aren't ideal, but just if you can go into it with a giving mentality that you're wanting to, that God has given you some level of gifts and abilities and it's, it's, it's our job to share those and those experiences with others to hopefully encourage them to help them progress in their life and create a community online. What you're going to end up getting from it is relationships. You're going to get customers. You're going to get new employees. And you're going to get a, a better culture within your organization. So uh, if you can if you can move through that and go in with a humble attitude, it can uh, be very very rewarding. All right. Well, thank you, Justin. I don't. I can't add anything to that. I think it was extremely well said. So I'm going to go ahead and close out our episode. Thank you for joining me for our first episode of 2022. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Blowing. <laughs> yeah, and thank you. Um, and thank you everyone for tuning in. I will see you next month.